Hey friends, welcome to the brand new Rutgers Chi Alpha podcast. Here's a small recording from our recent Monday Night Live meeting. Hope you enjoy. All right. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, all right. And uh, a little shout out to Andrew, man. Great job on worship, dude. I thought just that was absolutely, absolutely excellent. So yeah. <laughs> um, what's up, guys? Welcome to Chi Alpha. So, it's your first time here. Once again, contact Dan or Neilan. Well, this isn't my first time here because I've been to Berkeley Heights before, a couple of weeks ago. Months ago, actually. Yeah, September, right? Right. But this time I got Indian food for dinner. So, that was on the top of the list for sure. Was it good? It was delicious. It was great. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but, you know, if you've been hearing about anything about Alpha, it's Jesus, Friends, Mission. And, you know, with Friends, we believe that having sec the second pillar of Friends, having authentic community is really key in our following after Jesus. I would I would agree. But, I, I mean, authentic relationships, I mean, re the real deal are not really easy all the time. Tell me about it. We need to fight for them and not against them. The most challenging relationships and tell me i can tell you especially being at home 24 okay. 7 all the time seven days a week definitely with family sometimes let's be real but it's also it's not necessarily just focused on that but relationships in general like like i said we have to find feet of feet and fight for you know the lost lambs of god right i you know i mean truthfully i mean we were created we are created for relationships and uh, relationship with God and with each other. And this is really the way that we experience the deep love and the forgiveness of God. And also we see it reflected in genuine authentic community. I think that's the real deal. Even this guy called Maslow, I mean, whatever he knows, but he <laughs> said that it was really the third hierarchy of need is this relationship. And we do thrive in healthy relationships and i think the older that we get the, the more that we want them to be more genuine it was my uh, my granddaughter kennedy who is a whopping four years old right so you know when she's chatting with me she's complaining about school preschool because you know her friends in school are going no you're not my friend today or like you're not my best friend like all this you know all this drama over over relationships and you know they're fighting over who's each other's best friends and and things like that so i just tell her i said listen listen uh, listen honey i said who's your best buddy grandpa and jesus that's it you know and but it was this guy by the franklin uh, delano roosevelt as a history major right oh man he's like i think he's like if you really calculate the years you guys were like childhood friends or something like that okay well this is going to be the last night you're going to see brian tonight because he just may you know disappear in the middle of the night in berkeley heights but um yeah so roosevelt said this he said uh if civilization is going to survive that we have to cultivate the science of human relationships it's it's very very important and then and he described it even farther he goes this is the ability of all people of all kinds that live together in the same world to live at peace now this is not uh franklin roosevelt this is not a new this is not a new idea because it comes from psalm 133 verse 1 it says this it says how good and how pleasant it is 
when brothers live together in in unity you know kind of going off of that okay. you know our relationships are very extremely beautiful when it's life-giving however cultivating life-giving relationships is stupidly hard like it involves a lot of hard work it involves a lot of like a sacrifice of time energy and resources we don't vaccinate or guard them covid joke get it we're in a <laughs> pandemic or something like that Relationship, <laughs> relationships may cause heartbreak and bitterness which could eventually make it harder for us to trust people and build lifelong relationships it sounds like you got a whole bunch of stories that are going to go along without that yes, sir. but we have all had you know a relationship i think that has developed this an infection you know um all of a sudden or even slowly now is there's this pain there's this discomfort or whatever and you know some of the symptoms can be like a lack of honesty in the relationship or a little bit of distance starting to happen or all of a sudden ghosting you know and uh or becoming people becoming irritated with each other over silly stuff you know it could be that one time this relationship was healthy but or maybe it even just seemed that way didn't even realize whether or not it was really very healthy and then bang something happened and now it's not healthy at all there's lots of drama and now we have a problem i don't know about you but i've definitely been ghosted way more than when way more times than i can count so you know with that kind of in mind what are some times you've had a relation what are what like what are some warning signs you have a relationship infection okay so liberation i mean I, I think that there is this there's an inspection that comes in and you know that there's a problem when it, somebody starts getting easily offended mm -hmm. you know when there is just this drama that's going and if you're around people i mean it could be it could be really easy you have the opportunity to get offended so we have this opportunity all the time because we're just around people someone says something someone does something or you know make an inappropriate statement or you know th these things can really make us go nuts and think negative thoughts about your friend or somebody in your family you know but an offense um left unguarded you know where it's just left free reign it's kind of like a voice that spits out anger and accusations in our in our relationships it it, it could even come out like you're reducing um a group of people or a person to with labels like oh they're like this or they're that or something like that without even really hearing them out you're trying to just lump them in to try and explain it to somebody or they're this or something like that describing them and it's these unresolved uh offenses these little these little problems that that cause an infection of bitterness mm -hmm. where you know then it becomes becomes angry and when this happens the longer we keep it in our hearts the harder really it is for us the more that we keep this in our hearts the harder it is for us to to even forgive you know like it kind of reminds me of this verse i was just reading in my devotional like okay. two hours ago go for it in proverbs um chapter 17 verse 9 it says that whoever covers an offense seeks love but he who repeats a matter separates close friends you know in that I was also reading, I was reading a ton of Proverbs in that same two hour yeah. span. And another verse, it said that in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, it says, good sense makes one slow to anger and it's his, his glory to overlook an offense. 
Okay, well, it's it may be the Lord's glory to overlook an offense, but I have to be honest with you, at many times, it's not my glory. I mean, I, I have to, sometimes I really need to work at it. I need to, you know, to just let it go by or to, or to forgive uh, right immediately. I think the only way um, to really, it, to get out of bitterness is when we choose to love the person. Now, this is not easy. Um, it, it's, it's kind of like the, you know, the take up your cross kind of discipleship because we're going to have to die to our die to ourself a whole lot in, in doing that. But I, I think that we would hope to choose what we want to choose is we want to choose to be the bigger person by being an instrument really of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And because this world it's, it's broken already. So it doesn't need any more brokenness. Yeah. And first Corinthians five, 18 to 20, which is a big Kyle verse it talks about is that Christ has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And in this means forgiving each other, bringing people together and call and Christ even calls us Christ ambassadors. There are you, you are there for now Christ ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So even the ministry of reconciliation and of forgiveness is a very important, is a very important, and if you're, if we're one of the ones that have, that have been offended, I don't know, have you ever been offended? I was just offended when you were insulting me for. Like, I have no idea. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you're crazy. Are you offended now? Yes. Okay. Right. See, see how easy it is. So, I mean, if we're one of the ones that are being that are being offended, or maybe we're even the ones that we caused the offense, um, Christ calls us to initiate this reconciliation with other people you know and if and if we are we are one of those persons that is that is in this that we have got to initiate the asking of forgiveness and you know and not allow the offenses or the bitterness so to say so to speak even burn the bridge of friendship like you can have this one thing happen even a couple of years ago and then nobody's friends anymore well what that really kind of means is that there's no is that there's no forgiveness in this in this relationship. I think that kind of goes back to the example, like you know, just where there's no relationship, no room for talking. Kind of goes back to the example of you know, today we hear about it, cancel culture. Okay. Like you know, where you know, I could maybe have tweeted six years ago, you know, the Cowboys suck, and Brian Adams goes and looks well, listen, I could tell you that was true six years ago, and it's still true today. But I'm not offended because <laughs> it's it's true. <laughs> But like, for example, like you go, you go into my Twitter and then boom, you're like, oh my gosh, he said that six years ago, man, I'm going to make sure that Brian suffers every single day of his life that he never gets to hear a break from it. And, you know, he loses his job. He loses his, you know, career, everything over something you said, okay. over something you said. And, you know, and like kind of goes back to thinking like, what makes like us, you know, think that we have a right to hold a grudge in the first place like why it's a really good question like like a lot of times it's just like oh man like it can go down to a primal instinct like you know i punch you you punch me <laughs> <laughs> but like or it's just like but there's so much deep-rooted anger in it and you know it's not and the world feeds into that because it's constantly endorsing this you know that you know that even with like how it supplies cancel culture like that we should make people pay 
for hurting us. We should make that no one has the right to do that, that we have the right to justice. We have the right to vengeance. But, you know, what does the like like that there is our world feeds into the system rather than that system rather than offering a second chance of redemption or forgiveness? Okay, so. I mean, that's really the way it is, is an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and, you know, I'm going to get back at, get back at you. And it's really easy to get sucked, sucked into all that, really, yeah. because it just would make sense to you when you're in the middle of this, you know, of this problem. But what is the Bible? What we want to know is what does the Bible say about this? I'm glad you asked, Brian. Um, so, like, in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise at some count slowness but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance so in other words like the world is completely it's completely opposite of the world which is a harsh wish i mean not swish swift punishment to anyone that dares offend us rather god is what does god do when he has all the power in the world he is he is swift to patience. He's quick to mercy. He's quick to love and forgiveness. And you know, I kind of look at my own life. You know, I've been like in in places where I've been wrong. You know, um, kind of it makes me point to a specific story in my life. So if you guys didn't know, I was once like a victim of an abusive friendship that was really bad. You know, it was crazy. Um, like I think sophomore year, I. Me and this person, we were clicking, we were cool. And then junior, and then I remember every, like, every time you got mad, it'd be like, like, maybe 20 minutes of spam messages of, you know, him cursing me out or whatever, you know, saying you're trash or something like that. And then that would happen every couple of months or whatever, once in a blue moon. Then it would go like more and more, like every four weeks, every three weeks, every two weeks, every one week. And then almost every day mm. and you know it would just be constant constant but you know me being like and it was kind of predatory on me because i was just someone you know who didn't really have friends so you know what else am i supposed to do so i um just kind of going into this more and more you know it got as the altercations got worse you know it got physical at times i remember getting punched mm. in the face once wow. and then you know like you know him stealing money from me and in the end you know you see that window there you guys can't see the window but there's a window right there uh he broke into my house um that one time and you know like when like i broke friendship on him it was the last day of like it was graduation and you know i'll never forget that day because you know that was a whole breach of privacy and everything but it was just like this all these things happened to me and i remember when i broke off my friendship with him i had i felt every fiber in my body wanted to be like you're garbage you're trash i am better than you i do not need you in my life you're garbage you don't you're scum of the earth look at how much of a moral high ground i am that i'm away from you and that you are there you're going to always be the same you're going to never ever ever be different and you know like and i was just always thinking like man i am better than him i do the things he did but then came you know came like i it came to this year i think actually this summer actually where you know where 
as you know, lots of things have made me who I am being a Christian. And, you know, my Christian, this, it was like the, my flesh meets Christ and, and how his patience works. So we met up and we talked in a lot. I remember having a really long conversation with him and we talked about a lot, a lot of past things and thing. And I felt that same anger rise out of me. And I wanted to say, I wanted, I fought every fiber in my body to be like, get out of my life, you're scum, you're garbage and everything. But I remember thinking about how many times like, like God could have done that to me when I've been like equally as bad as him every time I've sinned or I've done something wrong to him. God could have done that to me so many times, but he didn't. And, you know, it ended up me in the end of that conversation. Uh, like we still parted ways, but I, I remember sharing the gospel with him and telling him about Jesus and everything like that. And saying like, there is hope to a better life in him and everything. And, you know, Christ, like the way that Christ works is that he demonstrates his kindness and his kindness leads us into a relationship with him. You know, we are called, like, you know, I said to be ambassadors of him. Jesus did not leave people because he just, you know, he was with like an iron fist and he like, he like was like, if you don't turn away from your sin, I will, I will kill you or something like that. No, he's, he, he walked with people who were sinning, you know, who were sinners and he, and he showed them love and mercy, you know, and, you know, so often or not, we think when we're in the, our angry state, we think like, oh man, this is our worst enemy. I should be away from them and everything. And yes, like, just because like, if someone is doing harm to you, that God does not want you to be in a close friendship with them, they're, they're, they're ruining your life. But if you think of it like this, like, are you like, if you don't forgive them, or if you don't make an attempt to see, like to pray for them as Jesus commanded, pray for your enemies, love on them. Are you okay with that same person spending eternity without God? In other words, are they, are you okay with them like spending it, like going to hell forever? If you really think about it. So, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of like a thing, like, I had to think about and I had to wrestle with as well and that was where forgiveness hit me as well you know I don't know like that's kind of like where I would just have to say yeah yeah first of all I'm, I'm really sorry everything you've gone through that is really difficult and really you know really painful it could be very scarring and uh I think when things happen to us like that like you've had to happen to you like one of the easiest things is just kind of run away and to get hide or, you know, isolation or, you know, because you had bad relationships and, yeah. you know, people hurt you. So, you know, like I, you're going to put up this defensive mechanism where you're not going to let anybody else, you know, hurt you, whatever the case is. And, um, you know, that brings us to like another, I think another, um, another infection of these kind of relationships is that, is it defensive, you know, like mm -hmm. to where yeah. we're, you know, um, becoming defensive, you know, it's the, it's kind of a little self-explanatory type of word, but, um, you know, it's not really to be defensive is not really listening to what the other person is saying or not even, uh, acknowledging what our own part is in it. We're just disagreeing with everything that's, everything is being said yeah. and trying to make ourselves out to, um, to be right. And I think that the big, uh, the big P word comes that. Isn't that pride, right? 
yeah, and I have to I have to admit that um, when I if I had somebody you know come up to me and you know start talking to me like and, and it really boils down to like your family yeah. because I don't think that we really want to listen to our family oh, you know that gosh. much and uh, I also see that this is that in my family is where God really does use them mm -hmm. to mold me and to shape my heart and to reveal the things that are yet not committed to the Lord. And I think pride comes up, mm -hmm. you know, that I always want to be right or whatever the, or whatever the case is. And we got to really uh, swallow our own pride. And, yeah. and it's hard for me, it's hard for me to do, to admit that somebody else is right, or to even admit that I, where I try to understand their position instead of just mm -hmm. become uh, defensive. So swallowing my pride and listening sometimes to the Holy Spirit, yeah. because the Holy Spirit will use, and God will use circumstances in mm -hmm. our life to mold us and shape us, like I just said, yeah. into more of Christ's character. And we need to own our own part. Yeah. And we can't do that when we're becoming when we're becoming defensive. Yeah. So if if we find ourselves always being attacked, mm -hmm. then we need to kind of like take a step back and ask what God is really trying to was what He's trying to do here. What's the messages in His heart? Because in Proverbs sixteen eighteen says this: is that pride goes before destruction, yeah. and a haughty spirit before a fall. So if we're not if we're not teachable, mm -hmm. that is kind of like an indication that there's something wrong in the relationship. And like kind of even going off of that, like I remember, I think we've even talked about it. I also, I was a pre-law major before. I love to argue so much. Okay. Like, you have okay. no idea. Okay. In my inherent nature, I want to destroy people in arguments and prove people wrong. And you know, like. I think we all have a little bit of lawyer in, inside of us. So, you know. Definitely. Like that's the least for me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, you know, that kind of goes in with unforgiveness and grudges because it goes into a pride thing because unforgiveness and grudges feed into our pride you know they make us think like you know how i was by even my for like my one of my friends like i wanted to like think i was better than him because i did not think that i did not do the things that he did i did not like stoop that level in my own mind and so like in the way i would just like draw it you know in my own head it's like with this like it's like building a castle around with walls and a throne room for you to sit on you know, like kind of look down on people on and or at least look down on your enemy but here's what apologizing does and it's so amazing like it breaks down the wall like you know you take down you like you move the chair back and you sit like and you just like you go and allow yourself even if you're not if you're you were the one that was maybe in the right you build the bridge and you break down the walls and you start bringing in a healing process and you start to and you build that bridge for that healing process even if it's not even if it, even if like the world looks at you like you're crazy or like you know or you're just weird because you know it kind of goes back to christ in the sense as well he's the one who did that in the first place it goes back to him and you know kind of going off of that like you know i believe a good indicator of people who show you how to do that are true friends. So um, who are the people in your life, Brian? What do you think they are? Who are the people in your life that you consider as true friends? Yeah, uh, I'm going to answer that in a second. I, I want to circle back to what you just about what you just said 
about the um, apologizing. Now, um, I remember it was a little about a year and a half ago and a family member, so it was really close, you know, accused me of being controlling, domineering and, and all these things. Now, you, know, you get accused of that, the first thing is like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna fight back, right? And um, I, I took a step, I took a step back and I really, I asked the Holy Spirit, like, like help me out here because this conversation was not gonna go well, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was just like one of those cycle conversations that it happens all the time. And um, I felt like the Holy Spirit had really prompted me to apologize and to agree with the person wow. that you were right. I showed, I saw that where in this very, very small way, I didn't say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fault for this really, really small way. Yeah. What I did is I, the Holy Spirit showed me where they were right, where I really was trying to be, you know, bossy or in control or whatever the case is. And it was a very small thing, but I owned my thing. And I, I started out the conversation with, I'm sorry, wow. you're right. And what really happened mm -hmm. is that the whole thing fell apart. Wow. I mean, the whole thing fell apart. It fell apart in a good way mm -hmm. in that the, the break in the relationship completely disappeared because I had owned my part. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, it, it wasn't easy because it took a lot of humility. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I think that we don't do that naturally. And I didn't do it naturally. It comes by a work of God. It mm -hmm. comes by a work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So when we say like when you had asked the question about true friends, like so I think, you know, in my in my case, um, I, good friends are to me people that will speak the truth to me in love. Mm -hmm. OK, I, I want to be told the truth yeah. um, and are committed to point out areas, even in my own life where I can pursue God better or to pursue God. So I want people that are going to really speak the truth to me in love. And these are the people who are not afraid even really um, to hurt me by telling me the truth. You know, yeah. maybe tell the truth in love. It's, it's completely different. But I, des I desperately want these people around in my life because um, they help me uh, be a better disciple. They help me right. be a better follower of Christ. And the truth is that I think we need to welcome them into our lives. We need to welcome people that are going to be able to speak, speak into our, speak into our lives. And then, you know, to also be that kind of person to the people that are around us. Yeah. You know, I, I would never have been where I am now if it wasn't for like, so many people in my life calling me out for any, for like, you know, Things that were just me doing actions that were inhibiting my walk with God. I would okay. never have been there. And you know, like, it, you need people that like to do that, and you need people in your life that are willing to do that. And like a good like like, and when you don't have that, when you start to be a good sign of that when it's not working in your life is that you start to isolate yourself. And a good infection sign is when you start isolating yourself, when you don't have that support system to say, hey, you're doing the wrong thing. Or, hey, you like, I'm here for you. Like, turn around, follow Christ. You know, and we said that God, in the beginning, we said that in the beginning, God created us for relationships, that we were made to be part of a community. Yeah. Um, and it's true. And then, yeah, there, 
there are hurtful experiences and they create uh, wounds in our heart really that drive us away from people. I mean, you get hurt by somebody, then your first reaction is you're just going to ignore them. Um, you're not going to talk to them anymore. You're going to stay away from them. And what that, that's a clear indication is that there's been hurt and that there's been, and so the reaction, one of the infections is that we begin to isolate ourselves. And, and do we develop, and then after that, you know, we can develop trust issues yeah. with, with other people and, and fear. And these continue to cause us to isolate ourselves and even shut people, shut people out of our lives. And all of these unhealed wounds, these are like little arrows and daggers in our hearts. They keep us from walking in genuine life-giving relationships with people. Yeah. You know, we could easily say, you could see it like, you can almost say things like, well, you know, I don't need them or I don't need people. And it's really, it's, it's, a, it's like an indication that there's an infection that there's some that there's something that's really uh off there oh my gosh like you know listen if you fear rejection dude jesus can empathize with your pain my man was like rejected denied and mocked by the people he loved and invested in he died for the he died for the people that would betray him and so like but in spite of this like the people the apostles that all denied him that at the garden of Gethsemane, when they all denied him he still trusted them and commissioned them to do his mission to live out this legacy to bring out the church and in the same way how god can grant us that grace and just to forgive us of our sins but also to trust in him he can place that grace in our life to trust in others again to to have that healing again for me he provided that healing to go into christ-centered relationships without fear because you know you know it says you know the spirit like god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and a sound mind not of fear but of hope and of trust in others that is what grace does in our lives that's a really really good point and uh i don't think i think that there's really very few people around us let's just say you know world system other friends and stuff like that that would not encourage us to do that. They yeah. would encourage us, you know, to get back. And truth is, scripture goes that the enemy comes um, like a roaring lion, seeking someone to take to take us out. You know, so the enemy can be involved in all of these things. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says, "I have come to give you life." Yeah. You know, and and I think that forgiveness in is part of that in offering the grace. That was a really good point. So it's really our prayer. Um, that we allow people to speak into our lives and guide us through our blind spots. A life uh, lived in isolation or even in secrecy is really a danger. It's kind of a dangerous path because when we have people who are committed to protect us and guide us and lock arms with us in pursuing God's purpose for our lives, we will be able to enjoy life to the full together with people that God has, that God has blessed us with in all of our relationships, whether we think it's a God-oriented uh, relationship or not, we can love the way that Jesus has loved us. And I think you had a really, a really good point on that. And to fight for our relationships is to fight for them. As we love one another, Jesus says that this is the way that we truly emulate 
to the world what it means to be his disciples. You will know my disciples by their love for one another. You know, and that kind of speaks deeply into our heart if we can't display the love of Christ for other people. And I've had to struggle, okay? It's an indication of, you know, that there's an infection inside of our heart that really needs to, that needs to be healed. So we're going to jump into some breakout rooms. We're going to have a little bit of a discussion on this point here of by discussing honesty with our feelings with other people. I, you know, that can be kind of rough to be honest with your feelings. I mean, we, we hide them. We pretend like there's something that they're really not. And it's one of those, one of those other warning signs is whether or not we are honest with our feelings with other people. Most of the time, I think conflicts and problems happen when we don't communicate our real intentions or our real emotions. And kind of even looking into that, you know, some other sub warnings in that is like, you know, you look into like, say, when it comes to people, when you, especially in a, especially if you kind of look into a toxic friendship, if you kind of go into that, you start to look for something that only God can satisfy that relationship. Start looking that that your identity revolves around people, how they think about you, or the, you know, or that you being ha- being with them makes you happy, rather than you know being honest with yourself and saying, like, man, this is tearing me apart. That I'm depending on this person. That I'm depending on these people, rather than like you know being honest and saying like, I feel like my life is getting sucked away. And trust me, I've been there before. It's okay. very very crazy for me, but. Or like maybe if I hang out with these people that I'm going like more or this whole day that I'll be able to beat my battle with loneliness. All these things, you're not honest with yourself. You're not rooting at the problem of it. You're just running away from it, trying to find solace in everything other, anything else, right? And seeing that this is a relationship infection. This is a relationship infection that can only be solved by being honest with yourself, bringing it before the Lord and, you know, and also seeking it out and having godly friendship friends call it out in you okay now this is yeah it's not easy i think um because genuine relationships i mean real relationships real biblical relationships spiritual relationships require this thing that we talk about all all the time authenticity and vulnerability so authenticity authenticity builds trust Mm -hmm. and when trust is present in a relationship we can be honest with our feelings and our emotions. When trust is not in a relationship, we are not honest. So trust breeds a safe place where we can freely share and communicate. So these are the three questions. It says, are we truthful to other people? Are we truthful to others openly um, and tell them what you think or feel? Or can we do that? And are we, are we truthful? Do your friends feel safe to feel uh, to speak truthfully when they're with you, you know, or is kind of people walking on eggshells or do you have friends where it seems like they're walking on eggshells. And then the other thing is, is this, is there something that you need to forgive that is affecting a relationship? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we pray, dear God, you know, search my heart and see if it'd be any wicked way with me, you know, like mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's very active, you know, very accurate in these things. So we can begin cultivating kind of relationships with our family and our friends by initiating conversations, by being vulnerable and encouraging them to share their feelings and thoughts 
without any kind of fear of judgment, without any kind of retribution going on. We just want to hear and understand and be and be honest in our communication. If you've ever been hurt by somebody, which I mean, we both we both have and by others and we're having a hard time trusting others and being honest about our feelings. I, I hope I think it's our prayer even for us is that we would allow God to help release forgiveness and so that we can free so that we can walk in freedom and enjoy life giving relationships uh, with each other. Okay, so there's three questions um, that people will be able to repeat in our breakout room. So this is going to be a it's going to be a cool discussion. If you're encouraged by this message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and share it with your friends. We truly want to see the name of Jesus lifted at Rutgers. To learn more about Chi Alpha, including our gathering times and weekly life groups, visit us online at RutgersChiAlpha.com or hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.